Well, welcome everyone. Um, if you're visiting today, I'm Patrick. The, it's um, my privilege to be vicar here. And um, I gather at the start of the year, um, this is a normal thing that you do, sort of Vision Sunday. Um, some of you may not have um, recovered from the Christmas season yet. Did anyone play sort of games in your house, or is that sort of too dangerous thing to do? We're not quite sure about doing games. I don't fancy myself as sort of a quiz master, but let's start the new year, and let's see whether I get the job or not. Has anyone sort of played um, Call My Bluff before? We sort of get the principle, I'm going to read a word, and you're going to work out its meaning. So, epiphany. This is A. It's an advanced alternative to emails that recognizes that most of our communication is nonverbal, so it can read facial expressions through the camera on your phone or your computer and turn them in, I'm sorry if I'm confusing some of you, into an emoji, like a smiley face. So, number A, epiphany. B, epiphany. An appearance or manifestation of God, a revealing scene or moment. B, epiphany. C, epiphany. It's an old English term used by farmers in the West Country that describe fruit without pips. Because they're seedless, they can't be used to grow any new fruit tree. So, epiphany. D, epiphany. It's related to the word piffle. It might be used by someone who's exasperated. It's an alternative, Christian alternative, maybe to swearing, and can be used as a way of telling someone that they're talking rubbish. E, epiphany. It's a time in the year where Christians remember the coming of the Magi, Some call them the wise men. Bob's already shared that with us. Or the kings, when Jesus was first seen by the Gentiles. Well, you might be very confused about what epiphany is. Could it be all of those things? I don't know. But I think B and E have a sort of stronger resonance. Epiphany is an encounter with a revelation of Almighty God. This time last year, I was preparing to be installed as vicar of HTC, and before starting, I um, I hadn't had any opportunity to get to know anyone, but was asked for my vision uh, for the year, and a Bible quote. I explained that the vision would take some time and would be worked out with others, which is what we've done, and I couldn't think of one Bible passage, so I thought of two, the great commandments and the great commission, Matthew 22 and Matthew 28. My thinking uh, then and now is if we continue to embody these biblical principles, uh, we'll be in a very secure place. We can't go too far wrong. Matthew 22, 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Matthew 28, summarized, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Figuratively speaking, these principles together have been a large 
guiding star as we've sought to clarify our church purpose and agree our core values, and I think will always remain as a main reference point for this church, and I put it to should be for any church, give us spiritual orientation. Now today's talk splits into two halves. I think it's quite a tough assignment to preach on the passage and then cast vision for the year. I'm going to try and do that. Um, Firstly, I'm going to focus on Matthew 2 through the lens of our purpose statement. I don't know whether we can put it on the screen. You've probably seen this around, but I don't think we've spent any time unpacking this, and we're not going to do it all today. It's going to be done over a period of time and actually over the whole year and next year and the year after, etc., 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 to encounter, celebrate, and share God's transforming love. That is what we've agreed as our core purpose. And the second half of the talk, um, we're going to focus on values and vision. And I'm going to give a few examples of what that might look like. The Magi, excuse me, Gentiles from the East, were looking for the Messiah. They followed a star, but it only got them as far as Jerusalem. They needed help and was interestingly called in to consult with Herod, um, who then in turn consults with the religious leaders. The religious leaders look to the Hebrew scriptures for prophetic clues and believe that the king and Messiah of the Jewish nation will, and soon to be king and Messiah over all nations, will be born in Bethlehem. That's in Micah 5 verses 2 to 4. The Magi search and they find Jesus. Their moment of epiphany came at the end of a long, arduous journey when they came to a house in Bethlehem, Matthew 2, verse 11, saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. I'm humbled by the efforts that some will go to to find the Messiah. We hear of people going on travels to find themselves. Maybe they need a higher goal. The Magi were focused and purposeful. They narrowed their search and sought to find the king of the Jews. Jeremiah 29 verses 11 to 14 remind us that finding God and his plans for us doesn't come as a result of a random search. God says to the people of Israel through Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you'll call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me And this is important, when you seek me with your whole heart, I will be found by you. We don't need to go on a big journey to have an epiphany moment with God. It can happen here and now. But it does help if we're focused on who we're looking for and listening to. Excuse me. Matthew 2 
verse 10 tells us that the Magi were overjoyed when they saw the star over the house where the baby lay. They'd not even met the baby at that point and they were overjoyed. We can only speculate about the celebration that resulted when they first saw Jesus and worshipped him. Worship and celebration are closely aligned, although worship can't be reduced to celebration. Worship is a whole life thing in response to God. That said, celebration and thanksgiving are a vital part of our worship. If we've encountered the living God, asked for his forgiveness, received his acceptance, his delight, his grace, then without downplaying some of the struggles that some of us have to endure in life, we're called, with God's help, to raise our eyes above them. True worship can defy our circumstances. Our encounter with God is not a one-off event. It should be an ever-present, ongoing reality. Christian whole life worship is the ultimate, once and forever, lifestyle choice that shapes our thoughts, our choices, and our actions. Although God is always with us, he doesn't always feel that near or tangibly present. God is with us on the mountaintops and in the valleys, in the joys and in the struggles of life. There's something very compelling about a Christian community that celebrates their encounters with God on the good days, but even more so when things aren't going quite as we'd hoped. When the Magi discovered Jesus, not only did they bow down in worship, verse 11, an act of humility, but they offered gifts. Most of us know from personal experience that it's possible to bow down, metaphorically speaking, to the wrong things, to have the wrong focus, and to make the wrong things the main thing in our lives. The gifts from the Magi were costly, but took on new, extraordinary meaning when placed at Jesus' feet in worship. Gold, rocks dug from the earth, but then refined and purified. Gold, a gift fit for a king. This offering became an extraordinary way for these non-Jews to acknowledge that Jesus, born in relative obscurity and poverty, is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Frankincense is a fragrant gum resin found in trees, I'm told, from Somalia and southern coastal Arabia. It's been used by priests as incense in prayer and worship. It becomes an extraordinary sign that Jesus is destined to become the great high priest, 
who was going to bring reconciliation between God and all humanity. Myrrh, a yellowish, brown, reddish, brown, aromatic gum resin. Many see this as an extraordinary prophetic statement pointing to Jesus' death and resurrection. A couple of questions. What lengths have you, have I, have we gone to to encounter Jesus? What lengths have we gone to to encounter Jesus? What do we bring in worship? Romans 12.1 reminds us, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, your whole selves, as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. As we review our offerings of worship for the year, measured in time, talents, and money, we're reminded that all things come from God, and we simply give back to him in worship the the things that ultimately belong to him. We can only imagine what and how the Magi celebrated their discovery of the Christ child. We know that early on they needed to make a vital decision soon after encountering Jesus. Their decision not to return to Herod as requested, Matthew 2.12, showed that they valued the well-being of Jesus, the king of the Jews, more than placating King Herod, a puppet Roman um, king. Making the right life choices in response to meeting with Jesus is transformational. Although Matthew's gospel doesn't tell us, it seems impossible for the Magi to return home and be silent about what they'd seen and heard. Why wouldn't you share the news with such cosmic implications? As I've already said, today's Vision Sunday. Uh, Question, what are we aiming for at Holy Trinity Claygate this year? Our vision is simple, but I think that's quite deceptive, and is the number one objective set for all members of the staff team, and in time, uh, we hope will be embraced by everyone, particularly those who enjoy significant leadership responsibility. So if you're a leader and you don't sign up for them, you're going to be out of alignment with what we think God is doing in the church. It makes the church unsafe if we go off on our own agendas. But we want to establish our church purpose and values in all areas of our mission and ministry. Our belief is that if we're faithful to our purpose and values, born out of prayer and collective discernment, we will be fruitful. Our agreed purpose and values allow us to have a lot of creative expression. It's designed to give freedom. Over the next few weeks, we'll use our sermons and begin to unpack our values. And we're going to return to these values time and time again. Um, 
members of our small groups may take time and use the space to dig a little bit deeper. Our vision is to align all we do now and what we dream of doing in future with our core values. Anyone who proposes a new initiative will need to be able to articulate how they are faithful to our purpose and values. With this discipline, there'll be opportunity for new and exciting initiatives to emerge, not just from staff members, but the whole church family can dream dreams with us. If it's a God idea, then it will stand scrutiny and should find agreement and support. Some things might be right, but we may need to wait. In the vision letter, which you can pick up today, there are a few examples. So if you're on our church database, you'll get a letter addressed to you, but there are lots of spares for those who have not signed up yet. Ministry leads are going to um, share a few visionary ideas in sermons, and on the evening of the 14th of January and the morning of the 15th of January, and um, maybe even create more as they speak with their teams. All of the team will gladly make themselves available to chat and answer questions if you want to know more. We know that it's better to do a few things really well than to do too many things, um, so we're going to need to have discernment. That said, in such a large, well-resourced church family, and I suspect, um, well, we're nowhere near realizing our God-given potential. Sharing the same purpose and values can create both unity and diversity. Although they've been published, and you've most likely read them, I'm not sure that I've read them out loud in full in church. So there's going to be a a moment to pause, because I just think you need a break. (laughs) And on the screen, I'm just going to read these out. You don't have to talk about it, but... um, You could talk with a neighbor about the value that most strikes you. Maybe the one that could be most difficult to... So that'll do the um, thing that you had on the screen before. So it's it's not the words, it's just the image is all we need. So I'll read them. And they're in no particular order. We think we're called to embody these values... Connecting with God in prayer, worship, and word, together and alone. We think we're called, everyone's called to be involved. If you're a Christian, you are involved. And we'd like you to be involved in welcome, worship, mission, and ministry, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We think we're called to be a loving and generous community, community offering God's hospitality, friendship, and care, sharing our time talents, and money. We feel that we're called to be distinctive daily disciples, living as faith-filled followers of Jesus, making him known in word and deed. And we feel that we're called to be proactive in mission, so easy to be passive, being people of influence and godly change, locally, nationally, and globally. Can you read them? Probably not very well. Just about. Read them again and just prayerfully ask God, which is the one that resonates most strongly with me? We're called to do them all, but some of you 
will feel um, a strong resonance with one rather than the other. And which are the values that you're going to need more help from God? So what are the God opportunities? Now, you don't have to play, okay? But um, with the one that resonates most, and you're allowed to vote more than once, okay? But um, connecting with God, does anyone think that that's the one, okay? Um, resonates most all involved. Resonates most loving and generous community. Resonates most distinctive daily disciples. Uh, or proactive in mission. Can we run that game again? Which is the one that we're going to need the most help with? Connecting with God? Okay. <laughs> All involved? Loving and generous community? Distinctive daily disciples? It's tough, isn't it? Proactive in mission? I think the most hands up went up for that, actually. And that's about right, I would say. It's, yeah... We'd much rather someone else was doing it. Anyway, it's the, or our visionary ideas at Holy Trinity should reflect our values. The primary call for all Christians is whole life worship, to glorify God, or to put it another way, distinctive daily discipleship. This should be a loving, generous, and missional opportunity. And we know it's not restricted to a couple of hours, one day of the week. Gathering regularly for worship, mutual encouragement and learning is a vital and central activity of the church. Our vision this year is to invest more in key individuals and projects, building teams and our capacity to communicate the gospel across a full range of our activities with young and old, men and women, and with our valued mission partners. Our vision is that Holy Trinity is a loving community that we can invite people to, and they'll soon come and feel as though they belong, learn about God, and ideally come to faith. And for us all to stay fresh and mature in our faith, however long we've been on the Christian journey, informed by biblical teaching and prayer, and empowered and guided by God the Holy Spirit. We'll be helped in this task by regular participation in corporate worship, belonging to small groups, being in prayer partnerships, going on mission, and I've signed up for Ukraine, being part of a pilgrimage with others at HTC, or maybe considering that this, this is just the hardcore Christians here, not uh, joining us camping at New Wine in the summer. Pastoral care matters. It's everyone's collective responsibility. We want to be a church where no one feels alone and for everyone to be known by a few significant others. In a large church community where it's impossible to know everyone, we feel that we need to develop a more user-friendly database and church management system that can pr quickly provide a way of putting names to faces. Look out in the next few days and weeks for something called Church Suite. We'll be reviewing and refreshing 
all our communication to increase our visibility within and beyond the church community. And I'm excited that we'll soon have a new uh, consistent visual identity which will be instantly recognizable and need little explanation. Then in turn, our websites and use of social media will be developed to aid our mission. And although in no way do these replace human face-to-face relationships, they're often a window or even a shop window for the church to the world. We're grateful for engagement with young people during the week within and outside school. And we'll work at being even more effective in developing these vital, vital local expressions of mission. And thank you to everyone that's involved in that already. We have a vision that Holy Trinity Claygate will be a place on Sundays that children will have so much fun learning about their faith that they're going to drag their parents on time to church. We want to create a culture where the leaders of our children and youth ministries play to their strengths, use their God-given gifts, and are energized by serving God in these ways. More than that, we have a vision for all to be involved in using our God-given gifts in everyday life. We long for members of Holy Trinity Claygate to be faith-filled people who will embrace God's missional call to be distinctive daily disciples of Jesus. We see it as a priority to help each other to be much more confident about owning and living out our faith on a daily basis, 24-7. Our buildings are a God-given gift. We thank God for the sacrificial giving of members of this and their vision, this church family in the past, and we have an ongoing responsibility to review and explore the missional use of all our buildings. We enjoy large, flexible space in church. It's well used on Sundays and with our connections ministry during the week, daily prayer, school events, beers and carols, craft and carols, occasional offices, etc., etc. Some of us are praying and beginning to imagine how it can be used at other times in the week to reach a younger demographic. I see so many parents um, with buggies in the area, and there's no reason why this place could not be home for them. A place where they will encounter God and reorder their lives around him. We can learn from our sister church in East Molsey, who have a highly successful cafe and play area that enjoys extensive use by local people. How can these and other appropriate missional ideas dovetail with Jigsaw Preschool, Toddler's Praise, Sunday Crash, our baptism ministry, etc., etc., etc.? The HTC church family are an integral part of of this community. It's the unique gift of this church that we have so many Christians in such a small parish. 
we long for there to be more people from our parish attending this church. We celebrate our active involvement with the local community, flower show, music festivals, remembrance, switching on the lights, carols on the green, sharing our building with local schools and organisations. I've been so encouraged to attend some events when people have simply opened their homes to friends and neighbours. I wonder, later this year, if offering hospitality to neighbours could be a major initiative to bless and strengthen the fabric of our local community. There could be other creative ideas for those who work beyond the parish, those who commute to work. Question. What God-inspired ideas have been planted in your hearts and minds? Could it line up with our purpose and values? Have you prayed about it? Do others share your passion? We don't need to go on a big journey to have an epiphany moment with God. We can meet with him here and now. I pray that this year God will help us to focus on his plans for us as a church as we commit to living out his purpose and values in a multiplicity of ways. I'm going to hand over to Richard.